Today, I am talking to my friend Andy Medic from Sea Change Vacation Rentals, and we're talking about onboarding new owners. Now, if you are not a manager and you might be thinking, oh my gosh, we don't do onboarding of new owners, hang in there and listen, because we're talking about, we're talking about the things that property managers look for in a new owner and look for in new properties. So it will be relevant to you, I assure you. Apart from the fact is, you know, how often do you get two Brits hanging around together and discussing everything to do with our vacation rentals in the US and Canada? Listen in. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new, and what will help make your business a success. Welcome to another episode of the, vac- of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and I'm super delighted to be back with you now that we're sort of well into high season. It hasn't been the best so far, just in terms of the weather. You might have noticed, those of you who've been listening to me for a long, long time, that I haven't been as fixated on the weather the past year or so. You know, basically, it is what it is. And we've had plenty of other things to gripe about, whinge about, which which I don't do very often. But, you know, usually it's it's the weather that gets to me. But hey, last week we had a week of torrential rain. And we had guests with leaking roofs, with flooded basements, and generally being unhappy because their vacation wasn't going as they expected. And I do really feel for them, honestly feel for every minute of this vacation that they're having to spend indoors because it is just chucking it down with rain. It was not what they planned for this longed for holiday after the pandemic. So we are being as empathetic as we possibly can We have issues with Wi-Fi because many of our properties do not have unlimited Wi-Fi. And now you've got eight family members, all with two or three devices sitting indoors trying to get online. And they want to stream and they want to do Zoom meetings. So it's it's been a it's been a bit, a bit of a tough time with Wi-Fi issues this past uh, this past week or so. But hopefully the sun will come out, you know, always reminds me of that dearest mother, dearest father song, you know, the sun is now out. Guys, I can't remember the lyrics, but you know, guys are swimming, guys are sailing and all of a sudden everybody's happy again. So hopefully that's going to happen. So I am super delighted to have today with me, Andy Medic from Sea Change Vacation Rentals. I've spoken to Andy before. I, I, in fact, Andy and I exchange messages daily because our businesses are very, very similar. And we deal like, like we are with many other property managers. We deal with similar things all the time. And, uh, and we're talking today about onboarding new owners because like ourselves, Andy and Sea Change have had a lot of new owners come on board, people who've never had any experience of vacation rentals before. So, so we're going to ch- exchange some ideas, some experiences, and hopefully bring you some ideas and tips on what you can do, not only if you're managing other properties, but also for your own, because we're going to be talking about what, what we look for as managers in a rental property. So without further ado, let's move straight on over to welcome Andy Medic of Sea Change Vacation Rentals. Well, I'm super delighted to have with me today my friend Andy Medic from Sea Change Vacation Rentals. Welcome. It's so good to actually sort of sit down, see you and have a chat because we we have the past couple of weeks been these Facebook messages going backwards and forwards of of things latest yeah. being, latest being fry pla- fry pans and splatter guards so we'll come to that <laughs> i yeah. have a, i have visual aids <laughs> yes for those for those of you listening uh, andy's holding up a particularly horrible looking frying pan <laughs> 
<laughs> and, and yes, I, I've had a recent discussion with, with an owner who said, kettle? What do I need a kettle for? That's what a microwave is for. So I'm sure we will, we will cover that off too. But let's kick off for um, anybody who's out there that hasn't listened to the previous episode that I did with, with Andy a while back. Just an introduction. Andy is, I, I shouldn't say a Brit, it's a proud Welshman, right? Yeah. Yaki bar. <laughs> that's that's why when you when you said to me about all this podcasting equipment you've got, and I went back and I said, "There's posh." <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but you had to say it in in the in the accent that Brits would say it in. <laughs> and you know, relative to my equipment, I am I am proof that a men never need never read directions, and b a little bit of knowledge is a dangerous thing. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, we shan't, we shan't go into equipment woes. Um, <laughs> we'll probably, we'll probably cover, cover that off once the mics are off and uh, all the recording stopped. So Andy is from Sea Change Vacation Rentals. Just give us a quick rundown on what that is, Andy, where you are and how sure. many properties you have, etc. Yeah, we are a still kind of a small vacation rental management company. We are located at the Delaware Beaches with our offices in Rehoboth Beach. And we straddle all of the Delaware beaches from Lewis Beach all the way down to the state line with Maryland at uh, Fenwick Island. We've been in operation now for eight years. And I personally have been in the vacation rental business with my own properties prior to starting this company for three years. So I have a grand total of 11 years. Uh, We are currently at 78 properties, seven, eight. My growth plan, eventually, I want to top up around 200 mm-hmm. but no it's one step forward two step backwards natural attrition every year and this year with the real estate market being so hot we have lost quite a few listings to sales and we have picked up quite a few listings quite late into the summer season so i guess that would key in nicely to our conversation today about owner on boarding yeah exactly because we've, we've we've been through exactly the same it's a little bit more than natural churn in the last year in losing properties. And the latest one was just last week, which was the phone call, which is getting better now because, uh, you know, at getting a phone call in May or June saying, oh, okay, I'm going to list my property and I have the entire summer of rentals that I, I want you to cancel is, yeah. is a little bit, uh, you know, that, that, that was tough. Now it's much easier to say, well, hey, you know, you are contracted to honour all rentals. So just make sure your closings at the end of the season. So yeah. some not so happy, but it's a little bit easier for, for that pill to be swallowed at, at this time. I'm sure you've come across that one too. Yeah. And I'm in the middle right now of the other end of the spectrum. I'm on board in a new owner. They've never rented before. They closed on the purchase of their beach home remotely and the real estate market's so hot. They've only actually spent a total of 45 minutes at the property. So they don't know the property very well. We're onboarding them and summer has started and we inherited eight bookings already on their calendar that transferred over at settlement. And some of those are Airbnb. They were self-managed by the prior owner. So we are scrambling right now to not only train our new owner, but also to integrate these guests that have booked through a different platform into our system, which is quite different. That's interesting. Does that mean you have to you have to cancel those Airbnb bookings and then bring them through you, or is just bringing those Airbnb bookings on 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 board? We're bringing them on board. We're keeping them through Airbnb, so the accounting is a little complicated, and it doesn't help either that the seller did not get the uh, second payment, the balance of payment. So I have a guest arriving this Friday and they haven't paid their balance. So I'm chasing them right now. Uh, Nobody gets into the property, obviously, until they've fully paid. So yeah, other than the accounting, which my my financial guy, Tom, the other co-owner of the business, he's going through all of that today. There are seven on the books. The other challenge for it is that the owner, self-managing, had no linen program. Their guests were bringing their own linens. We have our own internal housekeeping and linen bedding program at Sea Change. So I'm learning I need to just sort of relax a little bit with these guests. They're, they're not going to get the full Sea Change experience. We can only control what we can control. So at least we've got the property in better shape. And we're working through some variables in terms of the guests bringing their own linens. And um, yeah, it's it's... I guess it's a nice problem to have, but, you know, one way or another, we're going to make sure these guests have a good vacation and the owner gets their money. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so just tell me about the, the linens. Is, is people bringing their own, guests bringing their own linens more common in your part of the US? Uh, surprisingly, no. It is. Well, let me, let me rephrase that. It's very common with, with the rental management companies requiring the guests to bring their own linens. And I thought when we first implemented our linen program and we implemented it in stages, sheets. So basically inside the bed came first and then top of the bed um, came after because top of the bed was a little more complicated and um, logistically a little more difficult. So the guests overwhelmingly, you know, one or two people grumbled, they want to bring their own, but overwhelmingly guests have really favored the convenience of having mm-hmm. everything taken care of for them. And, you know, you, you see the you see the way the cars are packed to, to the roof when they arrive. There really isn't room in the car for linens, beach equipment, that kind of thing. Well, talking about cars being packed up, <laughs> your posts that come, you know, every week on your Facebook page which is uh showing your car absolutely full of linens is that is that front to back is it a big vehicle so we have a grand total of two trucks in our company fleet we have just doubled from one to two we have a larger truck and then we have a smaller one and the smaller one was the one that you see me in a lot because i typically will let the staff take the larger one because i'm a nice guy and regardless of that the so the way we're doing it, we have the sheets, the pillowcases, the towels. They go through a linen rental company, and depending on which of our cleaning subcontractors is cleaning the house, some of our housekeeping contract subcontractors will make the beds for the guests on arrival, and some the guests have to make their own beds. So what I want to get to, I want to get to one complete in-house solution for housekeeping. Cleaning, laundry, linens, the whole lot, top of bed and side bed. What we're doing right now, step by step, is slowly bringing properties into the program. And it's a very hybrid solution. It's confusing everybody, but it really is working. You know, since we fully rolled out the top of the bed program, for example, and by top of the bed, I mean the comforter, a duvet cover if you're using that, if the comforter doesn't get pulled every guest, blankets, pillow protectors, that kind of thing. So we've rolled that out to all of our properties and it's a mixture. Our staff, I haven't, we send a, an agent to every property before and after every stay. And my property inspectors are pulling the top of bed items and bringing it back mm-hmm. to our office. We sort it into size. We send it out to a commercial laundry. So that's why you see the cars loaded so high because, you know, one five bedroom property can fill an average for that car. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's, it's it's crazy. I mean, this is not something that, that we deal with uh, at all because, of course, all our properties, as you know, are so widely dispersed. Right. So that's getting into the bit of the detail, and I want to sort of step back a little bit and say, you know, we've sort of talked about how 2021 is is a little bit different, you know, people selling properties, people buying properties. Is there anything else different this year in in terms of owner acquisition? Are you seeing different types of owners buying properties now yeah we are seeing definitely more owners who've never rented before and i think i've heard of this i've heard this um opinion reference on your podcast and in other places and i share the same opinion a lot of owners you know the real estate market is so high they're paying way over typical market value for the properties and i think some owners are having to rent the property out right away just to get some cash flow coming in and maybe they wouldn't have typically have rented it out the first year until everything's settled and they've got the property kind of uh, how they want it to look. So we're getting a lot of first-time owners coming right into the rental market. And by right in, I mean the day of closing. So, you know, we're having to hang around after closing with our list and paperwork because obviously it can't be signed before they own the property. And it's just a big rush and it's mm-hmm. really stressing our owner onboarding system. And, you know, if when we trace backwards you know if we trace backwards from a future problem that kind of makes sense the problems generally arrive because we've either messed something up in the owner onboarding or we just rushed it and we cut a few corners and then that's new this year for, for sure we've had to cut some corners in the interest of keeping the owners happy and showing that that we're being responsive Mm-hmm. So in your onboarding program, because we have an onboarding program and it, it sounds, always sounds when I talk to you or when we communicate via Facebook that we are very, very similar in the way 
that we we manage our companies. So this is why, why right. this conversation is always such fun for me <laughs> because you sit there and nod your head and I think, oh yes, there's somebody out there who's experiencing the same thing. So we too are onboarding a lot of new owners. What is actually what does it onboarding actually mean? This is this is a term that um, is, is is relatively recent in the past sort of eight or ten years. So. I'm still not absolutely sure what it really does mean, what's included in it. So what are the elements of your sort of onboarding program for new owners? You know, it's systems, systems, systems. <laughs> and I say that because I have jackhammered a system in retroactively around what used to be quite a, a cluttered kind of um, backwards and forwards process with owners. But essentially, we're, our goal is to take every owner through the same process and to have it mapped out with a with a time frame and expectation of how long it's going to take. So, you know, in, in we coach our owners that generally from, you know, the, there's the initial part of the process. So I take it right from the first contact, whether it's another realtor has called me with a referral from one of their buying clients, or whether I've sent out a, a mail or a solicitation and I get a phone call directly in from, from a property owner. So there's the initial contact and we take them from there all the way through to where we get our first book in. So that for me is start to finish the whole owner onboarding process. So it's, you know, first of all, in an ideal world, generally we should take about three weeks. That That's what I tell our owners. So just to set the expectations because, and then in that, in that um, kind of time frame, you know, it's dependent on the owners getting back to us at certain points also, because obviously first thing I need to do is get into the property, take a look at it. I like to do that on my own initially. It's very hard for me to walk through a property with an owner. You know, they're very excited about their property, which is great. I love to pick up on that energy, but I'm missing key things that would okay. tell me if the property itself would necessarily be a good fit or not into our program. So I like to do the property on my own first. Then I call the owner and I, and I actually give them a written report in terms of my recommendations. We cover everything from furniture through to the contents of the kitchen drawers. Now we have a big push, thanks to Justin Ford and Breezeway, for short-term rental safety inspections. So I'm a certified inspector, just like yourself, Heather, and I'm going in there initially with that lens as well. And, I, and I'm now rolling that feedback in. An example from the current property, when I did that initial walkthrough, you know, there, there's two types, actually three types of beds that I absolutely hate. Bunk beds, bunk beds. day beds, and trundles. Yeah. So, and generally when you see a bunk bed, just like in the case of this house, it's located right underneath the ceiling fan in a second room bedroom, in a second floor bedroom where the top bunk is right by a window. You know, right away, that's a big safety no-no. So that kind of thing, I give them feedback on that. We go back and forth and they're feeling me out at that, at that point. Do I like this company? I'm kind of assessing them. And then if we decide it's a good fit, we go forward and they get a copy of our list of paperwork. They get sample copies of our TouchStay digital guide that they can see the kind of guest communication we do. We explain our process. That goes well. We get through the list of paper. It typically takes two or three days back and forth with questions. It's pretty much the same clauses that I get the same questions on. So that's um, a pretty easy process for me, at least. And then beyond that, once they sign the paperwork, we go through all of the training in terms of how we manage rates for them and do the pricing. We're very different in that to our competitors here in that we're using dynamic rate pricing and just in rates based on guest demand. I need to have some flexibility from the owners with rates. And if, if that's um, a roadblock for them up front, then we don't continue on with that owner if they don't let us manage the rates for them. So from there, we go out, we take some temporary photographs on an iPhone and we get the listing live on our website with five initial temporary photos. I schedule my photographer. They come back in, take professional photos Go forward another week, we get the listing live on our website. We put our listings on Verbo for our owners. We manage that for them, so we port it over to Verbo. We've also factored in any owner blocks that they already know about. So once the calendar's live, we're looking at 24-7 online booking from day one. One thing I missed there, I kind of covered it very lightly in my initial recommendations, the staging. This three-week time frame is in an ideal world. So if I go into a property that needs a lot of help and the owner is very open to it, then we get into a scenario where the owner generally will give me a budget and I will actually do the interior for them. I'll, I'll work with the local furniture companies here in Delaware that are very good with short-term rentals. And 
I have furnished complete houses for owners, and that can take a little bit longer. So, oh, and then the very last bit, which um, is kind of ongoing, it's not really at the end. There's always owner training. It's part of it is constant, but a part of it we really can't do until we have a first reservation. We have two 30 minute sessions that we've been doing through Zoom with Tom, our financial guy. And it's really important that the owners understand the accounting part of our uh, property management software, that they know when they're going to get paid, how they're going to get paid. We are um, doing trust accounting now, thanks to our credit card processing companies. So we have to hold the owner income until the guest arrives. So that takes, I need to make sure that the owner understands the budgeting part of, of us holding their money until arrival. You know, don't spend it until you have it. Mm-hmm. Um so there's, there's accounting training, training on how to read their, their statements. And then, you know, we're live. So three weeks in an ideal world. I can get it done quicker. I can get it done like I did this week in 24 hours. Yes. <laughs> I, did, I did one last week in about, well, not 24, maybe 36 hours. And I've got another one underway right now. Uh, again, these are, these are new owners, desperate. Yeah. You know, and, but- and, you know, practicality. I mean, you're dealing with distances, you know, four plus hours away, our properties are all within a 15 mile radius. So, mm-hmm. you know, if need be, I can get in my car and drive to the property and that it's a lot more challenging for you. Yeah. This, 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 this latest one is only 30 minutes away. It is, it's, it's a dream. I'm saying, look, I'll, I'll come across every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause it's, a, and, and it's you know, a novel we, for me. <laughs> yeah. You know, we chatted a few weeks ago. I was having a frustrating day because I had an owner, uh, I had the, the professional photo shoot scheduled. I'd been into the property the prior day. You know, having a photo shoot is not as easy as it sounds. It's a three-day event for me. I go the day before. I lightly stage the property, hide the trash cans, make sure that, you know, everything looks great, tie up cables, that kind of thing. I know the photographer very well at this point, so I know what she's looking for. I make sure the beds are, are made. An owner had come down for an announced owner time, and I come the day of the photo shoot with the photographer and the owner is in there. The beds are all messed up, you know. And the, the our photographer is slammed like everybody else. She does real estate sales photography. So it's very hard to get on her schedule. So that is a wrench in owner onboarding. That means that's not a three-week turnaround because it could take me a few weeks to get back on the, the yeah. photographer's yeah. schedule. Yeah, it's interesting that... Um- you know, the, the steps that you're going through are very much the same. A couple of questions I have from, from those processes. We, we have to collect so much data from owners, you know, whether it's banking data, whether it's data on their owner block-offs, whether it's data on furniture and whether they're, they're planning on changing it. How, how do you do that? Is that just a, you said, you said just a backwards and forwards. I mean, we, we actually do ours with a survey monkey survey. We call it the data survey. We've created this long sort of 10 page, I think, survey that asks absolutely everything of them. But then of course, because we don't get to inspect as closely as you do because of the distances involved. So, so we have to get this information such as, you know, bed sizes and <laughs> kitchen equipment, et cetera. But do you do that all that yourself? You go and sort of have a checklist and go through and make sure they've got everything that, that, uh, that's required with your minimum standards? No, I don't do it all myself. We have, and I forgot to say, we do have scripted an, a walkthrough sheet. Mm-hmm. So we give that to the owner. We have the owner walk the property and then we go in, we use the same sheet and hopefully when you compare them, they should match up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we go through and it goes through room by room, you know, bed sizes. We have a kitchen guide that they check off. Ideally, if there's enough time, they check off what they have in the kitchen. And then we go in and then just double check that what's in there is in good shape. So yeah, it, it it is more of a formal process than I made it sound. Because the idea is it's repeatable and it's, you know, it's the same, it's done the same way with every owner so that there's consistency, not only in the standard of the properties, but also in, you know, the guest experience when, when they're staying. I, I like guests to know if you stay at a sea change property, there's an expectation mm-hmm. that, that the kitchen is going to be stocked in a certain way. No dull knives, that kind of thing. Uh, no scrappy fry pans. So yeah, it, it is a scripted process. And no, I don't do it all myself. All right, right. Yeah, I mean, fry, fry pans, you know, I, 
there was that uh, that place I stayed at in Bend a couple of years ago, and I think I, I I got up early one morning and idly sort of opened opened a cabinet, and there were I pulled out thirteen <laughs> fry pans. Not one of them was serviceable. I think about that story every time I open kitchen cabinets. <laughs> I did find yesterday five splatter guards and only two fry pans that were in bad shape, but there were five splatter guards. Well, it's better than none. <laughs> I can't imagine anybody on vacation is going to use a splatter guard, but yeah. uh, hopefully I'm wrong. Well, maybe offering five gives, <laughs> gives, that, you know, gives that message that perhaps you need to use one. You never so, know. Can I ask you a question? Sure. So we're sort of talking about standards in terms of how we do things. Do you, the one thing that I still struggle with is where do I draw the line with an owner? Where do I draw the line between a requirement and a recommendation? Oh, you've got to do, give an example. You, so a requirement would be our kitchens. We are very firm about the kitchens. Yeah. Um, so you do have to follow our guide. Our requirement now with the bedding program, owners, new owners have to buy into our wholesale commercial hotel bedding that we're using. It's it's much cheaper than retail, so that's not really an issue. But a recommendation, there are certain things I go in, you know, in terms of these bunk beds yesterday. These are our first-time owners. They just settled on the property. You know, cash flow is a little tight, having bought a, a second home. And with that kind of thing, I flag the safety concern, we document it, and I give them a window in terms of um, when they need to swap mm-hmm. the beds out. So that would be a recommendation. If we're furnishing a house from scratch, a requirement would be no bunk beds and no trundles and day beds. Yeah, what I come from with those is, you know, the, the bunk beds in particular, if it's under a fan, it cannot be used. If yeah. it's blocking a window, and we have, we, it cannot be used. Fan on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the fan has been disconnected in that bedroom. <laughs> so then, <laughs> I remember a while back, and and it was it was at my at Mike, my son's house, and and a friend of his was there with a, with their their two year old, and he was throwing this kid up into the air, threw it straight up into the fan, Didn't, making beds, yeah, like shaking the bed in the life. Yeah, one, called the steel fan. Once you've done that, you uh, you 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 realize that those fans have a bit of power um for for everybody's you know everybody's sitting there now going oh my god what happened to that kid right <laughs> she, she was she was fine she was fine the fan wasn't going very fast but um it it was a huge shock for everybody and of course you know you just can't do that you cannot have a working fan above a bunk bed right um, but yeah in terms of i i'm i'm getting i think years ago i was a little bit I was much more flexible in terms of what you have to have and what we'd like you to have. And now I'm, you know, th- things like I, you must have a hairdryer in every bathroom. Right. And it's a little thing like that. And we've had some massive pushback from owners on this. Yeah. And, you know, but you have two bathrooms, you have a, a, an ensuite perhaps, and then you've got another bathroom um, so is it fair for the people who, who have that second bedroom? You know, they've already got second choice or whatever, and now they don't get the hairdryer. And what, how much is a hairdryer? 15 bucks? Right, yeah. <laughs> so so, we so are, we're, we're producing some of these things that used to be recommendations and saying these are minimum standards. If you can't meet those, then, um, you know, you're really not the property for us. Do you, with owners... So mostly more than one person owns the property, you know, spouses jointly own it. Or sometimes, you know, in our area, very often a property could be held in a family trust, an mm. LLC. Do you, do you require one point of contact or will you work with everybody? One. We, we, have, yeah. we, yeah. Act, we actually have one fantastic family that we've been working with ever since they found their property and started putting it together. And it's, it's going to be amazing. And we've already got it rented, but we are still dealing with three separate people emailing us all the time. And we, we've asked for one point of contact, contact. And I think it will come over time. It will eventually distill down into one. Because I, I sometimes, you know, I, I'm bad at remembering to do the reply to all bit. Right. You know, you get an email and you just hit reply. And I think, oh, no, no, I should have replied to all. So I've got to go back. And 
Yeah, um, and the one time you leave somebody off, it causes so much tension. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so we we'd, we'd far prefer to have one point of contact, and in fact, we've got we've got a dozen or more multiple owner properties, and and we do have one point of contact. But uh, you know, there are some others where I'm I'm more than happy to deal with so, separate people. You know, I, I have my little cheat list here that I'm looking at, and. So I have on my cheat list here, I have a list of things that cause some hiccups or frustrations in owner on board. And, and when I look at it, I think, oh, boy, that's a very negative um, viewpoint. What about switching that around? You know, when it works really well, here are the reasons why it works well. So I have a comment in here about meeting. Do you meet all of your owners during the onboarding? Do you ever take a property where you haven't met the owner and it before it goes live? I think once. I mean, I, I would love the opportunity to be able to go and see a property on my own, as you right. do. But because of distance involved, and we always want to meet the owners at some point and have that face-to-face, then right. we, we usually end up visiting a property and have the owner with, them, with, with us at that time. And then I right. like to go, and then I do photographs. So I will go back. Right. and do photographs and the Matterport, because we do Matterport the 3D on every property now. So I would arrange to go back when the owner's not there. And that's when yeah. I get my, so so we sort of do, do the two-step thing. Yeah. And it's a little easier now also because everybody's so familiar with Zoom. I did a Zoom call with new owners at 10 o'clock last night. And it's <laughs> the only time they were available. Um, so... The other thing that, that we're hitting this year, particularly with new owners, the, the idea of owner storage, so locked up closets and cupboards in the property, uh, the new owners typically are very resistant to give us keys to their storage. Uh, I'd be interested to hear if you have that similar experience. We don't, I don't think we've ever asked for keys to their storage. Maybe it's particular to our area because typically the areas are locking up. That's where the circuit breakers are located. Right. And we need to get access. Yeah, we in fact, in fact, I just did a newsletter yesterday out to our owners. We do a monthly newsletter, which I I don't do you do owner man your owner manuals on touch day as well? I've just written our first owner manual. Yeah. And I haven't shared it with any owners yet. It's it's still a work in progress. It's finished, but we haven't rolled it out yet. Well we have I, I, and what's holding it up, I'm really I don't know how far to go with it whether that's a, where in the owner onboarding process do you introduce that? Yeah. We, How much information do you disclose before they sign the contract? We, we have two. One is, one is a, a sort of a, a starter one, a generic one. And then as soon as they sign up, then they get a ton more information. Um, but what we do put in our owner manuals is all our newsletters because then we can send an email out and say, you know, hey, we've just published the June 2021 newsletter this is what's in it and you know try and make it as exciting as it possibly can because this month included labeling breaker switches (laughs) 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 um but then uh, but then we that makes them actually go to the owner manual to to see the the newsletter so it's it's again a sort of a two-step thing get them to read the newsletter, get them to the, to the owner manual. But yes, coming back on that, uh, I just did a post on labeling breaker switches and having a key. Only we know where that is located. And so we only release the location of that key if there is any cause for a guest to go in there and switch a breaker or something. Right. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, just something that we just, just did this week because we had that issue that water stopped in a property. Because all of, our, all of our properties, usually the water comes in from the lake or the river and there's pumps to be primed and all wow. sorts of different things. When we have a storm, often the power will go out and when it comes back on, the water doesn't come back on. And we, we actually talked, my business partner talked two guests through getting into the basement and priming a pump. <laughs> <laughs> but wow. yes, but, but without that, if we didn't have access to those areas, we wouldn't have been able to do that. And then, then as we said to an owner in the newsletter, said to our owners in the newsletter, if we don't have this information, it could mean a six hour drive for you. Yeah. Yeah. To come and let somebody into that area of the property. But so, we, we don't give away that information that freely. So it, it seems to me when I, you know, my brain is always scanning for, I, I'm looking for patterns and consistency and when I hear the same questions cropping up with owners over and over again, 
And for us, we get a lot of questions that are really property management questions during the initial conversations. And this is always a bit of a, you know, it's a difficult area. And it's something early on when I first started my company, I didn't really realize the difference and the subtle, the subtle difference between, I guess, reservations management, yeah. guest management, and property management. And then over the years, as you get more familiar with it, and I sit in the office and I listen to the staff on the phone, you know, they spend a lot of their days really resolving property management issues and some of them pretty large issues. I mean, I'm listening to your issues with pumps and things like that. You know, it, if I'm tying that back to owner on board and the owners always ask that because they're really, they're really, what they're really asking me is how much is it going to cost me? Do you do it? And do you charge for it? And we're scaling to the point now with 78 properties. I have an open position for a general manager and I'm really looking for that candidate to, to have a, a background. Really, probably the best candidate would be somebody who's been a general manager at a mid-sized hotel or vacation rental management company, because they're going to handle all of our operations and take a lot of that work off of our guest-facing staff. And we have to figure out a way, at least, of you know cost recovery on it. And you know, it, it's always an issue for me. I don't feel like I fully answer it to the the owner satisfaction in the onboarding process. It's not really till we hit a major issue and we're going through the accounting on it that they really understand what's involved in owning a, a home remotely. Yeah, I think I think that's what we go through when we and, and we always come back to this, you know, how far do you live from your property? When they say, Oh yes, you know, I'll run up and fix it if something goes wrong. Like how far right. away do you live? Can you drop everything and get in the vehicle and be up there? at the drop of a hat. You know, it's one of, the, one of the reasons that we encourage all our owners to, to get an automatic generator, particularly if they're in, when I mean, we have a lot of power outages. This, we, we've had right. massive storms this last week and so many properties have been without power, you know, usually for four or five hours, which is not a problem, but once it gets beyond 12 or, or God forbid, 24 hours, we're into big issues as as far as you know people leaving and refunds and rebates and then of course you get you always get the the odd guest who says hey i've got some candles and this is fun <laughs> but but they're fewer and far between than they used to be um so that's what we spend a lot of time talking with owners you know are you willing to do this or right. or you know if if you're not then you need to trust us more to deliver yeah. some of these services for you in in times of emergency because our properties are so widely dispersed we have some issues when somebody you know something breaks down like a couple of days ago a dvd player broke down and it was a pretty old one anyway but my uh, my business partner just he had one he had one right. and he just put it in the back of his car and he drove 40 minutes to go and deliver this dvd player um yeah been there done that yeah guess we, we guess super happy <laughs> We've loaned our office refrigerator out so many times. Yeah. Let me, let me come back to you. So what technology are you using to make your onboarding if effective and efficient? We've, we've talked about TouchStay. Right. Um, we, we're kind of bridging right now. We're using Google Google Sheets, which we can share. And we, so we have different staff that are out in the field that are property updating Google Sheets, and then we, we can track those updates. And for me, that's a bridging solution because it's – I'd like to get something that's more, number one, that ties in with our property management system and also something that, that's just a little easier to, to track. So from a technology standpoint, we're looking at Breezeway. I'm loving what I see and I'm hearing great things. Really, the only, the only reason I haven't signed my Breezeway contract, which has been sitting on my desk, is that, you know, we're slammed. <laughs> and I feel embarrassed, you know, as as the... I guess the lead in, in the company that it's still sitting on my desk, but you know, when I'm spending my day right now making beds, you know, something has to give. So technology, we will be using Breezeway and I'm not really the best person right now to talk a lot about that because I'm still exploring the features. We're using Barefoot Agent as our property management system. And there are some, there's a lot of inbuilt management reporting in Barefoot. It's got a very rich database and, we have the ability to add any new data fields we want. So we are piggybacking off of that in our um, property management system and writing some customer reports that my admin team are, are pulling for me. 
I mean, is that the kind of thing you were? Yes. You were kind of- yeah, exactly. I mean, we we've just started. We, we're not using Breezeway Operations, but we've um, we've been using the text messaging system for the past four right. four weeks now, and absolutely loving it. Not so much onboarding, and I think you know we'll we'll come back perhaps and talk about technology when we start doing our new podcast, which I'm going to announce shortly. Um, but before, before we do that, what else, how, how do you satisfy the demands of different owner types? Because, you know, onboarding is all about relationships, isn't it? It's about, it's about getting on the right wavelength and, and, and having that synergy with these owners. So, I mean, I, I see different types of owners. We've got the investors who simply want to, you know, I bought this property. I want to make money from it. Just go do it. And then there's others who are, very hands-on and right. want to be involved and want to have their own Facebook pages and even websites. And right. So we've, we're dealing with a lot of different types. How do you work out this? Just pleasing everybody, basically. Well, I think we are getting better as a business as we scale and as we get more confident in our business model. You know, our our model is a very specific model in how we work and it really does work very well. And over the years, you know, when I look back and I kind of think, Oh, gee, that owner wasn't a great fit. It generally it's because we just let them have a complete say. And, you know, at the end of the day, why hire a professional property management company? If you, you just want to have complete control and tell them exactly what to do and how to do it. I mean, there's a reason you reached out for professional help. You've got to trust them to do it. So, you know, Currently, there are certain things that, like I hinted at earlier, there are parts of our business model that are non-negotiable. They work really well. And when we start to allow a kind of cafeteria approach with, with the owners to pick and choose, it just breaks our systems down and everybody gets frustrated that, you know, and the income's affected and it, it just never ends well. That being said, we're at the point now in terms of the number of properties we have, we're no longer in such a rush to take anything anywhere which we definitely did in the early days. So we're more circumspect in terms of how we're balancing our inventory, even in terms of, you know, we don't want to skew heavily towards condos versus single family homes. We don't want to skew heavily towards five bedroom, five bath with a pool that are very high price points. So I'm constantly looking at that when I'm, when I'm evaluating a new owner, I'm looking at their property, where does it fit in? And sometimes I, I decide that it's a property issue. I'd love to work with the owner, but really the property we can't take any more one bedroom condos right Mm -hmm. now and sometimes it generally for me the deal breaker in terms of an owner personality type if they are i can work with a type a personality that's not a problem you know a lot of our owners are busy professionals in their own right and they're they're used to calling the shots in their professional lives so you know they're expecting the same kind of relationship with us and that that's fine I, i can work with that but what i can't work with is if an owner wants complete control and it's constant um, confrontation and mm-hmm. questioning. Because, you know, I have the data at this point. I, I, I'm not saying this to sound conceited because I'm not, because, you know, it. I mess up every day just like everybody else. I'm not perfect. But I know from the data now we have enough experience that I can say to an owner, please trust us on this because this really works. Yeah. But in terms of different owner personality types, it, it is rare that I would say, you know what, it's not a good fit. And when I do say it's not a good fit, it's generally a control issue if they want complete control. My recommendation then is, you know, you should self-manage. Mm-hmm. You, you don't need me. You don't want to work with, with, not me, but the company. And then the other thing that could be an issue, you know, some owner types, they hire you to do all the work. There's no issue in terms of control, but they're so excited about having this vacation home and they're so interested in in, in it. And they can be quite, uh, not difficult, but very time-consuming because the constant, they want to know everything. They, wa- mm-hmm. they want to know, well, some of them want to know all the details. Some don't want to know the details, but they still want to know what's, what's, you know, they're right on the phone as soon as a guest checks in. What did they say? What did they say? And it's like calling us on a turnover day is not a great <laughs> idea. You know, the phones are crazy enough anyway from guests coming and going. So to have an owner picking a Saturday to call in for a status, you know, that type of owner really has to be not only managed very carefully so we don't mess up the relationship and offend them uh, unintentionally, but we also need to train them. You know, it 
if you need that information, you know, we can work with you, but not on a Saturday. <laughs> um, and it's been so much in this conversation that I would want to take apart and, you know, unpack in more detail. So that's a, that's a good segue into just mentioning that Andy and I are talking about and we are sort of getting to actually start recording some segments which are on very specific topics, very short, very sweet, maybe 10 minutes, 12 minutes, 15 minutes. I don't want to go 15 minutes, um, but on specific topics. And there's a couple of times during this conversation I've been thinking, gosh, yes, we ought to talk about, we ought to talk more about frying pans. (laughs) (laughs) And And kettles and sharp knives. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, so watch out for that coming up and, you know, let me know if there are any specific things that you'd like to hear more about from uh, Andy and myself and from our very specific experiences of being deeply involved in our property management companies. And Andy, I know I've been saying for years, I'm going to step back. I'm going to step <laughs> right back and let it all you know, flow without me. And maybe it's because I'm just a micromanager, but I, I, I can't honestly see that happening at the moment. And, and I know from your pictures of you being shrouded in linens every week <laughs> and talking about making beds and cleaning toilets and waving fry pans in the air that you are, you are very deeply involved with your business. So, you know, you and Tom. Right. So one thing just before we go, you have your own property. You have your own rental property in Palm Springs, right? Yes. A very different market. Yeah. yeah. So how did, ju- just briefly before we finish, how did you go about choosing a property manager to manage that for you? Two things. We did get a recommendation from the realtor that we were using there. He actually, friends of friends, you know, he knew the photographer that, that, that this, this company were using. He knew the owner of the company, but we did do our due diligence. We did speak to several companies and we actually chose actually the smallest of the companies. They are they were at forty properties four zero when we first bought our vacation rental there, and now I believe you know they're experiencing the same real estate um, rush there. I believe they're heading towards sixty, mm-hmm. but you know it's a small focused company. I thought they were very good at marketing. That you know that's a personal thing for me. That's a, a deep interest of mine. And their marketing impressed me, the quality of their photographs. We, we did actually speak to a couple of their references. Uh, and, you know, there's always a danger with references that a company is going to give you only the people that's happy. It would be nice to, to hear, you know, where there's some areas of challenge. And, you know, it's not all being plain sailing because I think given what Tom and I do for a living, you know, we own a vacation rental management company, but we are not at all arrogant about that when we talk to our company in Palm Springs, because we don't know that the Palm Springs market, it's very different. They're capped in terms of the number of reservations they can take in a season. They are generally a fly-in market. We're a drive-to market. And Palm Springs has one of the strongest, I think, most practical vacation rental ordinances in the in North America. And they're hanging on to it. You know, the, the surrounding towns are circling them and they're all looking to ban vacation rentals. But Palm Springs has come up with a very good compromise and, and we have to conform with that. So that's why we decided, you know, it's just, we cannot self-manage a property that's 2,000 miles away and we don't know the market. So we hired these professionals and they're doing a great job. Excellent. Well, as, as I said, we will um, we'll be telling you a little bit more about what um, what Andy and I are cooking up on our fry pans <laughs> <laughs> over the next couple of weeks. But you know, just out of that very brief conversation there, you know, came a couple of things. You know, managing from a distance, quality of photos, how you you're marketing. This is why you're choosing a a property management company, and these are the sort of things that we will tease out and address in each of these little segments we're going to be doing, which we haven't sort of decided what we're calling them. We liked Brits and Pieces. Stay attention. Stay stay attention is a good one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and you will find out as, as we go on into this and into the fall that uh, Andy is the master of the pun. So I'm going to <laughs> challenge him to come every time, every segment, we must have a new pun. <laughs> You should talk to my staff. They 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 groan. 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I, I, I live with a pun master, so. Uh... <laughs> hey, Andy, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. We will talk again very, very soon, of, of course. Yeah, mine too, Heather. I, I, I love I love these conversations. Thank you so much for having me on, on your show. I know. We could go on forever, which we probably may. So watch this space. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Well, thank you, Andy Medic from Sea Change Vacation Rentals. That was such a lot of fun. And that's the reason that Andy and I are going to be doing these shorter segments because we just have such fun in this business. And you will never find me sitting in a car wrapped with linens from front to back of, of the vehicle. But there's other things that that we do that perhaps Andy doesn't do. So we're going to be sharing a lot of that. But a lot of it's going to be really, really practical stuff. To the point, these are five things that you can do for this. And these are seven things you can do for that. And yeah, we haven't fully figured out what those five or seven things are going to be, but that will be coming to you very soon. And and of course, probably after my 400th episode, which is just a couple of weeks away and hey, still haven't figured out what I'm going to do for that episode. But I do have something up my sleeve that I think you will enjoy. I just want to mark the occasion of 400 episodes because it is pretty mega I mean, the next mega milestone, of course, is going to be our one millionth download, which is going to come later this year, which is going to be quite something as well. So thank you, everybody, for listening. It's always such a pleasure to have you with me. And I love that I can sit here every week and and speak directly to you and that some of you are going to come back and let me know that it's working for you. So thank you for all of those who have done that. Don't forget you can go to Apple, iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and leave a five-star review. Just as you love to have a five-star review for your property, I love to have them as well. You know, if you've got anything that you'd like me to change about the podcast or some things you don't like, I'd just prefer you to get in touch with me independently and personally at heather at vacationrentalformula.com. So I'm off now to go list a new property. I took the photographs the other day and I'm just going to go and write the text and get that up and hopefully get that booked. That's just another day in the life of a property manager. See you soon. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.